This is episode 11 of Stars at Dawn podcast, and I am your host, creator, and author, Kayleen Elizabeth. These are divine codes that are being exposed to us, but unless we are raised in a society and a culture that is encouraging women to voice, to heal their vaginas, and to be aware of their pussy power, and to claim things of ownership of their sensuality, not for a man or for a woman, or for whatever their desires are, but for themselves and their own healing. Today, you have the honor of meeting one of the most dynamic women I know. She is a woman who is constantly pushing me outside of my comfort zone and finding beauty and divine in the unfamiliar. She has worn many hats throughout her journey here on earth, some of which include artist, teacher, principal, dancer, consultant, yoga instructor, physical fitness trainer, waitress, manager, holistic coach, and mentor. In this two-part series, Gareth Thee will touch on topics that will most like you have you squirming in your seats. You may even find yourself wanting to rebuke the information being presented. I urge you to listen with your heart rather than with your head. Allow the divine spirit within you to feel her message rather than hear it. I promise if you can achieve that over these next two episodes, you will walk away with another gleaming spiritual tool and begin to gain greater discernment, a divine discernment for the world around you. Without further ado, I present to you the captivating and charismatic Garethi. Check, check. How we doing, party people in the place to be? About to record this podcast with Kayleen. K to the A to the Y-L-E-N-E. Hey, Garethi. Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor, and I'm so blessed to be a part of this beautiful storytelling experience podcast grace of god that you are bringing through on the planet right now i just want to take some time to honor you and honor a story of how we first met so i think i probably owe it to my husband because you and junie have known each other for how many years now um let's see i i'd say probably close to 10 10 a decade from yeah through in the educational system yeah Wow. Wow. Ten years. I was teaching a fitness class for staff and teachers at the charter school you were at at the time. Yeah. And I remember it was the very first class and you came in and (laughs) you're super intense, like super passionate, really, really present with me and, you know, making eye contact and just really into the workout. I'm like, okay, one, this girl is in super good shape. Two, I bet she's a personal trainer herself. (laughs) And... Three, I guess taken aback, not in a negative way, but the word present just came to mind. You were just so present with the class. You didn't care what anyone else thought. You didn't care what I thought. You were there to learn from me and to get that experience. And that is what I have come to find about you is you are, one of your gifts is being very present, being very open-minded and willing to learn regardless if you think that you already know what that person knows, you're still open to learning more and taking in more information. And I just think that's a beautiful Mm. gift. No, I know that's a beautiful gift. And it's something that really drew me to you Mm. and made me very curious about you. And after several classes and as the months passed and then years passed, we became really great friends. And you and I taught 
holistic workshops together. Yes. I remember you hired me. You became principal at this charter school. Mm-hmm. And then you hired me to teach these holistic workshops for the teachers using essential oils and natural cleaning supplies. and just Learning that we can, we can actually make our own cleaners and we don't really need to also rely like nature provides yes nature provides i feel like that was the overall Mm -hmm. topic and then also you know if we are expecting to shift the culture of the school you have to get the adults on board Mm, i love that yeah so yeah after the teachers you came and taught the parents which was really wonderful and they loved you I know it was amazing. We did the holistic parent workshop, which was really outside of my comfort zone because, and I'm just going to be really blatantly yeah. honest, because one, <laughs> that was the first time I've ever taught. Two, I am a white woman, white middle class <laughs> right. woman coming into a no, school. No, you are. <laughs> coming into a school that um, is predominantly Mexican, yeah. Mexican American. And a lot of the women didn't even speak English. So then a translator came in who I have become, that's Anil, I think she's episode seven, I'll have to link it. Um, We we became really great friends and a handful of the mothers I became really close with. And as much as I was giving them, I was taking from them. I learned so much about them as people and as individual people. And then we even got together outside of the workshops and hung out and I got to learn their stories. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm just a sucker for knowing people and and their stories. And I just have this insatiable curiosity to get to know people. Getting to know you, I remember after teaching the fitness classes, I would go into your office when you're a principal in your principal's office. And we'd sit and we'd kind of have a chat, a real heart-to-heart, more like spiritual chat. Mm -hmm. and, And I got to learn a lot about you during that time. And one of the most profound lessons I've learned a lot of lessons from you and I've taken and gained and gleaned a lot of knowledge and wisdom but one of the most profound lessons I have learned from you is the power of believing in yourself even when it seems that the walls of your life are crumbling from around you that is our calling to go deeper into our heart into our spirit and into ourself so thank you oh wow that is huge yeah, I feel like that pretty much is like hashtag story of my life. <laughs> what you just said right there. Which is a great segue. So that's segue cool that you got this. that. <laughs> that you get that. So that's a great segue. Yeah. What would you like to share with our sisters listening? Oh, well, I, yeah, definitely. So sisters out there, first thing I'd love to say is I'm super happy that you've been called to listen to this specific episode. I'm sure that there's some gems here mm-hmm. that are meant for your life and where you're at. And yeah, it is true, like to believe in yourself, even when it feels like the walls are coming in around you. Um, Yeah, and I think I'd add to that now and actually look forward to the walls coming in around you. Wow. I think I lived in fear for a long time of those walls coming in. And so because of attachment Mm -hmm. of the walls falling, what would happen next? And so there were so many times where I wasn't willing to let the walls fall that I considered so safe Mm. because I was so afraid of having to deal with myself and eventually divine will come in and give you enough signs of getting unsafe of being okay with being unsafe so that you strive to find your safety in the most authentic way possible because once I think you find your safety it stays with you for the next mm-hmm. one. And then that becomes your new, like, baseline. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the next wave comes in. And it's like, okay, I've got this amount of surfing skills now mm-hmm. because of that last, that last life 
um, occurrence. So I've got a little bit of extra strength to pop up on the board and decide mm-hmm. if I want to ride this wave of life or not. Yeah, I have a question. Ask that. So about unsafe and safety. Yeah. I'm trying to visualize it in my mind. So obviously we know what unsafe is. Right. You know, you cross the street and in traffic, that's unsafe. Safe is you stay on the sidewalk. So are you speaking metaphorically about like being unsafe, being outside of your box of comfort? Totally. So I think it's all of that, all of that, all and above, all of it. And because what we see, what we feel outside of ourselves that feels unsafe whether it be a work structure, a relationship. If we're feeling that outside of ourselves, it's probably a sign that we're feeling unsafe inside of ourselves. Wow. And we're only as safe as we feel within our bodies. Wow, you know? that's profound. Yeah, I mean, if we don't feel safe in our own vessel, how are we going to know how to allow others to treat us in our vessels? In fact, we will allow a lot of unsafe situations to go down because Mm. we don't really know what it feels like to feel safe in our own bodies so Mm. when you are afraid that the walls are coming in it's usually because you don't feel safe in your body so that's really a good sign to get grounded to get grounded in your practices whatever they are Mm -hmm. to get into your body um, to feel your body to allow your body to inform your mind instead of trying to use your mind to master the body and really get into parasympathetic rest and digest Mm -hmm. versus sympathetic fight, flight, and freeze. We need both sides of that. And to bring ourselves to a balance, we tend to go to the parasympathetic side. Mm -hmm. Because the parasympathetic side actually allows our spine and all the spinal fluids to communicate with our organs. Mm And we have this really special nerve, the vagus nerve, you know, that runs from C1 all the way now they find down to our perineum. Before they said, oh, it goes to the heart. Then they kept finding it. And they were also finding that this vagus nerve is responsible for all major emotions. And it runs right in the middle of our spine. And so that when we do those practices that activate the parasympathetic system, we're actually healing all the organs in our body. Wow. So when we do the actions that go for our sympathetic nervous system and it's interesting I'm stopping myself because my partner and I are on this goal to like stop calling it the nervous system and start calling it the awareness system Ooh, I love that Let's yeah transition yeah, yeah right, exactly awareness system, awareness system because, because we don't need to hold doing. yeah we don't need there's nothing nervous about it like why even activate that word right mm-hmm. it's the awareness system your body's informing you and telling you what's going on yes So in the sympathetic, it's interesting. It has a direct connection to the organs, whereas in the parasympathetic, what you see is it's a direct connection to the brain. And then from there, the vagus nerve is like really connecting to the organs. Really understanding this alignment and balance in our bodies helps us feel safe in our bodies. And that's where we can bring safety back to the scientific level. Mm -hmm. The key to that though, is to feel safe in that way, you've gotta be emotionally managed. To be able to witness and recognize when you're being triggered, and how to process that trigger so that you can then own the trigger as a part of your healing that it's here to teach you something. Repeat that, own the trigger. Own the trigger because in essence, the trigger is here to teach you something. We are such divine beings on this planet that every discomfort we feel Mm. is actually an opportunity to strive towards comfort. Hello. It's an invitation. Hello world right now. Yeah, it's like that's what's happening, you know, but if we are constantly trained in fear and scarcity mindset that there's not enough, there's not enough toilet paper, so everybody go buy toilet paper. Or there's not enough there's not enough masks, right? That was the first thing. It's like there's not enough masks, and so people don't wear masks. Save them for the healthcare workers. And now it's like everybody better wear a mask. So it's this constant pull and take where we we are not 
tuning into our divine natural awareness, mm. our true DNA. Yes. That also comes from Shofar what? Graves. <laughs> yeah, he loves to respell and recast oh, reality. I and I think that that's really a big part of where we're at right now is we have to recode and retrain and respell existence. And I think it's interesting that in school, what is vocabulary called? Spelling. Wow. So the words we use in school, actually, we are coding our students' brains. So it's really important for us to mm -hmm. constantly respell the way we speak to our youth and then also to ourselves, most importantly. Okay, I agree. Most of our listeners know now that I'm a mother. Right. I have two sons, so one is five and the other is one and a half. And I genuinely believe my number one calling in life is to be a mother. So I've taken it very, very seriously. And I know that the first five years, and then we were talking about today, so first five to seven yeah. years are very fundamental. Mm. And the words that we use are so important and so powerful. And it's okay to make mistakes with the words we use because trust me, I do it every day. I can also use my words to go back and say, hey, that action or that vocabulary, that was a mistake. And let's use this word instead. Let's use empowering words instead of my sons destroy everything. I, and I know it's because they're so curious how things come work, and work together. Right. But they're constantly destroying every single toy unless it's a Lego or a connector, which are meant to be destroyed and taken apart and put back together. Everything. Everything in my house is pulled apart and broken. And so much I want to say, why do you destroy everything? And sometimes I do because it's super frustrating. But also I come back and I say, hey, I know you're super curious about how things work and how they come apart and what will happen, but you just need to ask me first because it's not okay to do that to every, everything. So teaching boundaries and respect mm -hmm. along with that curiosity. I remember listening to a podcast a long time ago and they were talking about the word but. Mm, oh, I'm going right. to do this, but I have obligations. And then inserting the word but for and. Yeah. I'm going to do this and. Right. And so that's something that I've been changing and yeah, I've been working on. Yeah, it's a beautiful and choice. should and could. Right. They should do this or I should have done this. I could have done this, but now I'm going to do mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. Or telling my kids what I want them to do versus what I don't want them right, to do. Right, right. Hey, do you mind being a little bit quieter? Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm on my last string, mm. then of course it's like, hey, stop doing that. Right. But generally what I'm focusing on 80% of the time is what do I want you to do? Mm -hmm. Because I need to give that command anyway, so why not cut cut the BS and just say what I mean? Right. Love it. Totally. Respelling is also, it's a big part. We have to realize that it depends on how deep you really want to go with it, but the English language is a language that is created by lots of different languages. Mm, and I've like, for example, that. I'm teaching my women's course right now, and a group of 10 women and talking to them about sound and how important it is to activate the throat. Mm. The biggest healing component of activating the throat is that, that it actually taps into your vagina. Wow. So that a big part. <laughs> right, and guess what cervix translates to, it's in Latin, is neck. Wow. And if you look at the cervix and if you look at the vocal cords, they look exactly the same. The vagina and the vocal cords look very similar. The main nerve that connects the two is the vagus nerve. I was just gonna say vagus nerve. Right, so see, these are divine codes that are being exposed to us, but unless we are raised in a society and a culture that is encouraging women to voice, to heal their vaginas, and to be aware of their pussy power, and to claim things of ownership of their sensuality, mm. not for a man or for a woman, 
or for whatever their desires are, but for themselves and their own healing, mm -hmm. it creates a remembering of who you are. And once you remember that we are all on this planet as sovereign divine beings, that there is nothing that we lack, we actually are whole and complete. Mm -hmm. Really, what's happening is that we have armor around us. We've got shields. But once we start to de-armor ourselves, we realize that like we have everything we need and there's nothing outside of us that's going to give us any amount of happiness mm -hmm. unless we actually love ourselves, right? So respelling what it's doing is it's helping us remember who we are because what has happened, the powers that, I don't say the powers that be, I'm going to call them the powers that were mm -hmm. because we are the powers that be. Wow. We, the light workers, mm -hmm. the healers, the teachers, mm -hmm. the wizards, the witches, <laughs> the sorcerers, all of the all of the light beings that are on this planet right now mm -hmm. reclaiming shamanistic ritual nature mm -hmm. and bringing back earth wisdom. The language, the nature code has been replaced by the capitalistic code, mm -hmm. by the code to not really rest in the feminine but push the masculine agenda forward. And that's not about man, woman, right? Mm -hmm. We all have masculine and feminine energies in us. Mm -hmm. So we need them both, just like we need the parasympathetic and the sympathetic system. Yes. However, if we focus on one energy more than the other, mm -hmm. what tends to happen is an imbalance. And then an imbalance causes dis-ease. Yes. And like a lack of flow. Mm -hmm. And flow comes from the feminine. But if we are in a capitalistic society where money and success is determined by things outside of ourselves, mm -hmm. we are grossly imbalancing our system. And I think we can all agree that right now on the planet, we're all getting that shakedown. Yes. We're, all, we're all being called to look at what is truly important to us in terms of our health and our immunity, what is really truly important to us in terms of our families. And some of us are going home to our families and realizing, hell no, I don't want to go live with my family. Some of us are going home to our families and being like, wow, we would have never had this opportunity yes. to be together again. And they're bonding like they've never have. Some folks are getting divorced and realizing what their true desires were because mm -hmm. they've been so separated from their partners yes. working and just being in this matrix machine. And some folks are rekindling love that they had lost for so long. Wow. Right? So we're getting all parts of it. Now, we can act like, oh, that's the walls coming in, or you can change your perspective, respell okay. your reality, okay. and say, wow, look at what divine is reflecting to me, so close to me, it's getting closer and closer, the mirror reflection of my most inner desire that wants to come out. Mm. And so these triggers that what we perceive as walls are actually mirrors, divine's mirrors that are mm. saying, what's really alive in you? What yes. really wants to come through? While we think life you can think life is crazy, but if you look at the neurotransmitters in a child and in an adult, when you look at the neurotransmitters of pain and pleasure, the same neurotransmitters go off in the brain. Wow. This is why you have some sexual practices like kink and BDSM where people go for therapy, right? Because mm -hmm. it's like, depending on the life you've led and your story, you're gonna need different access points and different respelling, and you're gonna have to create new unique formulas to rewire your brain in order to come back to your personal homeostasis. Mm -hmm. Kayleen's homeostasis is not gonna be cured these no. homeostasis. No. Right? Mine mine is different. Like for me, I know I'm never going back. There is nothing in me that desires to ever go back to work for somebody who does not value 
my gifts. Mm-hmm. I will never go back. I have other friends who have been similar in similar situations and they are like, okay, what do I need to do in order to be more adaptable as a powerful woman to like go back, make it ahead in the game and like they'll do therapy around that because for them in this lifetime, perhaps that is where their gift needs to be expressed, mm-hmm. right? In like an institution. Exactly, like maybe Versus. they're change makers in the institution. Because right. there has to be change makers. Right, there the needs to be change makers everywhere. My honest opinion these days is no, the institutions need to come down. Oh, yes. Because the institutions were based on a foundation of slavery and raping of the indigenous land as well as the people. Mm-hmm. And as long as we uphold that institution with our healthcare systems, mm-hmm. with our prison systems, with our educational systems, mm-hmm. with our government and judicial systems Mm -hmm. we still have brothers locked up in prison for selling a dime sack when we have rich white men running dispensaries making billions of dollars but yet none of the money that we're spending at dispensaries goes to free these african-american brothers that were arrested when marijuana was quote-unquote illegal and they sold a dime sack You get what I'm saying? Like these are the inequalities that need Mm -hmm. to be exposed, Mm -hmm. and all the and all of the mothers who are in prison for violent crimes against their husbands because their husbands were raping them or abusing them. But because we have interesting marital laws, and this is not just in this country. This is like around the planet. Mm -hmm. You know, my homeland. I don't even want to go there because that's a whole other story. But the marital laws surrounding rape Mm -hmm. within marriage are quite ridiculous. So the whole institution needs to come down to reveal the light because it's, it's been generations at this point and we've done the protests, we've done the rallies. Mm-hmm. Something new has to come of it. And so I'm really curious to see. So is this COVID? The wall's crumbling? I think so. I think that, you know, and there's so many different, there's code that's even in COVID. I mean, I've heard so many different things. It's interesting like that. acronyms? Yeah, like I heard interesting that in coronavirus the word is divor- divorce is in coronavirus wow. um the hr i think it was hrc the code is 6666 wow. and then i was tripping because the way we've demonized the number 666 mm. as satanic but in the spiritual esoteric realm 666 is 18 which equals nine which is completion of the planets and so for us 666 represents rebirth wow. and destruction but for rebirth and for an awakening wow. right so i think that in some realms religion in order to maintain the code of good over evil instead of seeing that wow if you re- if you actually change around the letters of evil it spells live mm. or lived is the devil mm-hmm. misspelled so i think that these codes are all in the area so that we have to force ourselves to not take to think for yourself <laughs> yeah to not be like it's the word of god but actually start to be like i am god and it is the word within me, mm. you know. Because um, God lives within everyone. I think so. I, I, I feel that, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if God didn't live within everybody, then we should be able to just turn off God, right? Like, mm. we should be able to say no more God. Mm-hmm. So when people ask me that question, they're like, okay, well, you know, I'm in control. And, mm-hmm. you know, I pray to God. I pray to whever I pray. And and he or she and the other Mm -hmm. thing is like interesting that we've been raised to think of God as a he Mm -hmm. like again this is the system that we've been raised in Mm -hmm. I feel God exists in my heart because that's what's keeping me alive yes Mm -hmm. I love that expression (laughs) I feel the same 
I totally feel the same. I feel each person has God within them. Each person has access to their, to that divine love. Yeah. To the divine <clears throat> creator. In our house, we, we talk a lot about God and the spirit, but we also talk about the earth. It's sister tree, sister ocean, sister flower, sister flower, can I pick you? You know, it's everything is divine in what we have and what we've been given. So, therefore, it seems absurd to me that we wouldn't have that divinity within us, innately given to us at birth as part of this experience. Yeah. Right? So true. So, when you were talking, mm-hmm. I was thinking about you yeah. as a child and <laughs> your journey and however you want to share that and where your parents came from. I really believe it's important to hear a little bit about you in, in that way. My parents immigrated here in 1972 to Chicago. Um, My sister was a year old. My brother hadn't been born yet. My brother came, I think, one year later. So there's like about two years difference between them. And then I came about eight to nine years later after that. Grew up in Chicago until I was seven and then moved to Santee, which is um, like East County area of San Diego. And And where did your parents immigrate from? They immigrated from India okay. and northern MPUP, so like the central and northern India. My mother is from Gwalior. My father was born in Agra, raised in Lucknow, and, and my grandmother on my father's side, I recently learned, is from Rajasthan. They immigrated here. They got married and moved here shortly after, and when I was seven, moved to San Diego, uh, Santee specifically, and that was a really unique experience of... Uh, <laughs> Growing up in Santee, I was the only Indian kid wow. until high school. I think my senior year, there might may have been like one or two other Indian kids, but like they drove in. Like I don't think they were like local Santee folks. That was my first understanding of being brown. Mm. Like I don't think I really got it in Chicago because we were around a lot of Indian kids and was around a lot of different kinds of kids. And then Santee just was my first realization of, I remember walking into the classroom in second grade and just being like, whoa like nobody looks like me (laughs) it was really interesting and I I just that was that first thing was first moment as a person of color I was like whoa no one looks like me and Mm -hmm. however what I really learned how to do was perform I learned how to perform to get friends and I think that that made me kind of be the dynamic artist that I am today Mm -hmm. I had a whole download about being a performer in kindergarten if we have time I can share that story it's pretty special story I think that was my first awakening that do you want to share it right now yeah sure so when I was in kinder in in, uh, Chicago they had show-and-tell and and it was like a kind of a big deal like parents would come show-and-tell and watch their kids like share you know their item and I must have not remembered that it was my day or something like that. And, you know, of course, like all beautiful, wonderful kindergarten teachers are, you know, it's just like, oh, sweetheart, you know, do you, you can go, you know, go into the nook and maybe there's something there that you would like to share. You know, like she wanted to make sure that I had something to share. And so I was like, yeah, she's like, you know, we have the blocks and there's this and there's that. You can build something, you can show something that you could do. So there's a book that you like, like it could be anything. So, you know, I go over there, you know, I remember I had on a dress, probably a hand-me-down of my sister's and my brother's Superman shoes who I, where I thought were very, very special. I thought that was very cool to have these. You know, I always loved wearing my older siblings' mm-hmm. uh, things. I always loved hand-me-downs too yeah. my cousins. <laughs> Felt like just like worn in uh-huh. and um, special. Yeah, and so I remember just going and seeing the basket of puppets, 
And I was so moved by the puppets. I was like, ooh, and I just looked like, even the puppets? Because, you know, those were her puppets that used, she used for the mm-hmm. read-alouds. And she just, just looked at me, and she's like, I'll let you use the puppets if you want to tell us the story. And I was like, oh. So my mother raised me very spiritual. Like, that was my my mother's gift. I was raised doing yoga as long as I can remember every day with her. Wow. Doing Surya Namaskar, the sun salutation, and or sun citation. I've heard people call them different things. Mm-hmm. And that, and my mom also was showing me how to meditate and use the mala and chant from a really young age, sitting me in front of the altar early morning with her. She would go get ready and expect for me to stay until she got me. And she, she had really had done a beautiful job. We must have had that connection because mm-hmm. I remember it just being very easy for me and to the point where I had built a small altar at the age of five in my room already. I want you to to tell me a little bit more about an altar. I feel like, even for me, I mean, I know now, but it, in the recent years, I've learned what is an altar because mm. sometimes you hear in Western society, altars are oh, demonic yeah. or whatnot. So totally. I want you, I mean, I know what I've come what to it know is. now, but I, I would love for you to share with sure. the women yeah, what and I an love, altar is. Yeah, and I love telling this. I love saying that because altars, it's, a, it's an interesting concept because the more you get into, let's say, Hindu philosophy or yogic spirituality, we find that the divine is within us. And mm-hmm. even in the beauty of Islam, mm-hmm. it's that the divine is within you. So that's why they don't really have idolatry, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have idols. They don't do that because they chant and pray to the God within them. Mm-hmm. So, and there's also lots of spiritualists in India that are like Vipassana meditation and different types of meditators who also don't really necessarily believe in altars because they say the divine is within you so why would you need an altar for me I think the altar brings out the fact that I'm a unique spirit maybe of my lineage Mm -hmm. or exactly of my lineage (laughs) that I carry a shamanistic quality I am a witch Mm-hmm. And I'm reclaiming that. I feel a strong pull towards that. And even the way we look at the word witch. I was just going to say that. Right? Yeah, like, that. and bruja and brujeria. Mm-hmm. It's seen as so negative. And same thing like in Hinduism. It's not seen as negative, but it's been very fine-tuned. The more that I have stretched deeper into the depth of my being, I really think that the system of patriarchy has mislabeled women's power in nature Mm. and called it witch and demonized it so that we could burn them at the stake. But the Mm. truth was that women are divinely born with intuitive sense and a connection to nature. And back in the day, we were doing spells and we were in beautiful spaces of connection where we could create tinctures like we do with doTERRA, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we could create tinctures for healing like we do with our cooking as mothers that we could create transformation through our wisdom like we do as teachers see we we still do it as modern day women Mm -hmm. however we're not allowed to own it the way we did because should we own it it's seen as savage and witchy and it's so inappropriate for Mm -hmm. schools right like we can't say that we celebrate Beltane we say we celebrate another holiday right Mm -hmm. like we we can't say that we're celebrating Hollow's Eve Mm -hmm. we say it's Halloween Yet there's a lot of women who have been of the land, and this is me calling out the European practices that I've learned of them owning and reclaiming Mm -hmm. their powerful woman's work and me being able to see how that connection actually is also in me. And I think it's because I've been born to this land, Mm -hmm. one, and then I have the ancestral lineage of my motherland, India, Mm -hmm. that inside of me that I was born to my family 
come to this land mm -hmm. to find the unique combination of Tantra, mm -hmm. which is really bringing back the feminine energy to the planet and honoring mm -hmm. the feminine energy. And Tantra was actually created to help the masculine body, man, mm -hmm. to become more feminine. Wow. Because the idea is that we are naturally born with that innate understanding of mm -hmm. healing the planet and maintaining order. Wow. However, the systems that were have shifted that and created powerful structures mm -hmm. and burned our ancestors at the stake. Mm -hmm. And in Islamic cultures, stoned powerful women. And in my Hindu culture, burned powerful women wow. to the point where we have come through this line to stop that and to bring back the awareness. So my mother always gave me the religious stories and I always had another inkling, you know, mm -hmm. like with those religious stories. So when I was in kindergarten with these puppets, yes. I started to tell a story that my mother shared with me because that was the only story I knew how to tell. Wow. And the, that last thing I remembered was putting those puppets on my hands and talking and then I just went out of body and then the next thing I remember was everybody standing up and clapping. And I just remember being like, whoa, I love this feeling. <laughs> As a child, my ego was buzzing. And I still remember that buzz. Because to this day, every time I get on a stage, every time I've, I lead a training, every time I teach a workshop, every time I work with a client, I get that same buzz and what it is is that when there is a unconditional transaction and sharing from the mm. heart space there's a healing that occurs there's a catharsis that happens and as a child I believe that God and divine was showing that in me because children have direct access to that energy yes 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 right yes, yes. I, I witnessed me that, on that. With, I witnessed that with Quincy all the time we were talking about earlier how he'll just start channeling yeah and for those of you who may not be familiar with the word channeling channeling is when you're at this place with your divine connection within your heart space or within a higher power where wisdom is just spewing from you and yeah. there is no logical way that you could have gained that knowledge and I, I know this because it happens to me all the time mm. intuition and just divine wisdom and knowledge but totally. Quincy does this all the time Hmm. All the time. And each one of my family members, my female family members, have noticed it on separate occasions with Quincy wow. and have separately reported it to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is that kids do this naturally on a daily, all day long. The more we get them earthed and get them barefoot on the ground, the mm -hmm. more we get them in nature's elements, you see them light up naturally. And it's because nature is our original mother. I can break that down even that when our grandmothers had our mothers in their womb and their uterus was being developed and they got their fallopian tubes and their ovaries and their mm. eggs, we were already in our grandmother's womb because we were in our mother's uterus as she was being developed. That's, I love that. Isn't that amazing? Yes. I, I mean, it totally makes sense. And I love how you always bring in the science and the spirituality, but it just... It, <laughs> It's mind -blowing. Right. So when we put kids in a school where they have rubber shoes on, so now they're already rubber is a complete block to the earth. Wow. So that's why our indigenous brothers and sisters probably wore moccasins. Wow. Right? 
to protect their feet but still be connected mm -hmm. so you know and we know that rubber is a block of energy so it's it's really interesting so we do this and then we put them in confined inside of a classroom mm -hmm. and then we're telling them how to act how to behave how to talk how mm -hmm. to be and we're not creating a balance of that divinity and that intuition that they naturally have mm -hmm. and in fact when they speak out or when they act a certain way it's like don't do that and like I'm gonna move your clip and we use lots of discipline strategies mm -hmm. that actually inhibit our child's free expression and them being able to have downloads for the rest of the students wow. and for us to actually as adults learn from our students instead of making them feel that they're learning from us because the truth is we are far removed from childhood. In mm. fact, as adults, we are just walking projections of our child wounds. Wow. We have a lot to learn from children. I think that's why you have kindergarten teachers who remain kindergarten teachers for life because I they're getting healing. Well, and I think of all the women who have been teachers and who love it and they're almost in their retirement years, who are they? Yeah. Kindergarten teachers. Totally. That was my first moment of out-of-body experience. And I just remember being like, oh, I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. In some way, I realized like I'm gonna do that. And then I became a dancer. My mother was my first dance teacher. My sister was a dancer. And uh, I would just copy her, you know, for the longest time. She's like eight or nine years older mm -hmm. than me. So I just copy her. Then eventually, uh, we were in a dance competition together later. And I saw the current dance style that I perform performed against us. And I was just like, oh my God. And I found my calling then as an artist. And that, that dance style was actually linked to Tantra and wow. it was like my original calling like at 13, 14 where it was like I was being called into that work of sensuality and healing the feminine and being a powerful feminine Devi goddess mm -hmm. and really tuning into what that meant. Mm. However, you know, being in the culture that I was in, it was really difficult to be an empowered woman. You know, I, 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 was, it, I grew up feeling like I should be lucky that I have the rights that I have because I would always see like, you know, I would probably think I have more rights than maybe an Indian woman, but the truth was I started to realize like it has nothing to do with that. It's actually about your parents' belief systems that they're raising you with. And if my parents had belief systems shoved down their throat to get married, to make money, to have children, whether they wanted to or not, they're clearly going to also mm -hmm. imprint those belief systems on me. You know, so for a long part of my childhood and young adulthood, I was fighting those belief systems instead of understanding that like, oh, my parents are doing the best that they can mm. because of what they learned. Yes, that's, this has been a realization for me and I know for a lot of women that I've been speaking with over the last, I would say five years, is really coming from that place of anger and transitioning into understanding and then transitioning into healing. Yeah. And, I, and what you say makes me think of a protocol that I like to use with a lot of women inspired um, by progressive love academies and Heal and Thrive. These are both beautiful, um, I say businesses that are in the business of healing. You allow the wounded animal, allow the child wound to speak and be expressed as an adult. Like for us to heal, that ha and we call that venting, not dumping, but venting. Mm. Um, and this was something I used to use with my students when I was at, at the school with you and with families. I mean, it was my favorite part of the day. I loved it. Um, so one thing I did, me. yeah, like one thing I did was to, you know, take out suspension was I gave parents a choice. I would say, well, if you want, we can do suspension. Let's talk about what that would look like. Or you can come in and let's have a family meeting because I'm sure that there's a way, there's a reason why. Most of the time, 
the parents would come in and find in the family meeting that it was their own wound that their child was playing out. And you're facilitating this. Yeah, and it was cool. Become a whole part of like this plan. And I didn't have any suspensions. I mean, I think there was one student. Later on, he got, ended up getting kicked out of school. And I was like, man, maybe if I would have suspended him at a younger age, he wouldn't have been so damaged in high school by getting uh-huh. suspended. Like, hopefully, I could have maybe helped that pattern. But mm-hmm. at the same time, such a big part of this work and me unwinding out of the matrix has mm-hmm. been so great because I've also truly believe all is well and divine timing now. Yes. Like before I was such in the toxic masculine that it was just like desperation, like make it, it's gotta be done and this deadline and yes. that deadline and like make sure I'm doing everything the way it has to be and it was constant stress mode. Yes. But when you like get to leave the system, mm-hmm. like what the whole planet's doing right now, <laughs> um, it's a call for the feminine to like, take over and the masculine to like just be quiet for a bit yeah just just like rest and relax Mm -hmm. so I do think everything happens in divine timing and that's what I love about the child wound the shadow work is that it helps heal families it helps heal families and when we can heal families we heal communities yes you know but first it takes the parent you know to vent or or that child to be able to fully express what's bothering them you know so i call it release the beast like mm. let let it out like what are you feeling you know like quincy's upset like yeah come on what is it like yeah okay you wanted to do that and you didn't get to do that how did that feel yeah go mm-hmm. go you know and then afterwards it's like okay thank you for sharing yeah. you know what can i how, how can i support you mm. right what you were saying to heal how you said that like to like get angry then like understand it and Uh then heal Mm -hmm. and so the same thing is like I call it ownership Mm. so I think the understanding and ownership is owning that you getting angry is really your ego and our ego is the meaning making machine that's been influenced since childhood Mm -hmm. it's not the heart no right Mm -hmm. and the heart is the access complete access to the higher self and the divine which believes that all is well and always knows that mommy never meant to hurt me and that mm-hmm. that daddy always loved me and mm-hmm. that my parents are doing their best mm-hmm. and like this woman you know she must be really hurt to have done these evil things to me and this man must have had a really bad day because he doesn't want to just like cut a stranger off on the street yeah. right the higher self always has this mm-hmm. reasoning that's always going to make us more collective and abundant mm-hmm. that there's enough for everyone mm-hmm. the ego's always going to go into me and you mm-hmm. and shaming shaming blaming mm-hmm. and scarcity there's not enough for everybody so mm-hmm. i gotta get mine i gotta get it done first competition lack of sisterhood You know, this is all ego. So it's really important that as we get angry, we actually, what I've been learning about and what I've been really trying to bring in, and I've been using this with my mom, is set container. It's a beautiful process. And if anybody's resonating with this, look up Progressive Love Academy. They have lots of free videos. We'll Um, link it in the notes. Yeah, I think that they're doing an amazing job uh, of this. But it's pretty much setting container and letting like so for example if I was like you're you're my friend and I say you know Kayleen I've, I found myself super triggered today mm-hmm. can I vent with you do you have the space to mm. hear a vent my girlfriends and I do this together yeah doesn't hey, it I have, help I, yeah I, do you have the space for me right now because I don't want to unload onto you I know you're already having a hard day I'm like no 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 because there's some friends that you you always have space for because you know no matter what no matter what shit's going right. down you're always going to leave that conversation empowered right right well, and this thing is really cool is like, what number are you at? 
Ooh. asking them first because sometimes I have with my mom we're pra- I'm trying to practice with my mom because mm-hmm. I've noticed that there's been a lot of dumping from my like my childhood where my mom would tell me a lot of things as a child that I probably as a child probably didn't know how to process uh-huh. you know but I, I also asked my mom because I was tuning it in like I would ask my mom about her love life at like six and seven Wow. Yeah, like I would totally ask about her intimacy and oh my goodness. And at eight years old and I would like pick up on little details because I was just so into like so into- love. Like I just love love and attraction. Because that's because that's your calling. Yeah, it's who I am, it is right? Who you yeah, are. and it's like it's interesting that <laughs> to go twenty years in the educational field as this really like person who believes that like sensuality and connection is the healing mm-hmm. and trying to trying to really reframe that, you know, because in my own family I saw it where it was like there was so much love but like Lack of touch, lack of connection, lack mm-hmm. of hugging. I love you, and and owning the wound, and just oh. being like, get over it, get mm-hmm. over it, get over it, and not having the space to process emotions. Uh-huh. Um, so I like the scale idea because now if my mom is like, hey, Kirti, you know, sister did something, and I'm just triggered right now, which we're working on, like, hey, you know, she did something, and that's huge for my mom. Mm-hmm. Usually wow. my mom would just like, you know, goes, calls me, and goes off, and then I I ask her like, well, where are you at on the scale? Because if my mom tells me she's at like a nine, it gives me the right to check in with my own inner divine and say, can I truly hold space for my mom? Otherwise, I'm just going to get triggered and then we're going to get in a fight. Yes. So sometimes it's nice. And even with like your partner, like you can ask your, your husband. I'm like, going to use this for you. I like the scale a lot. And, wow, and with men, it's really of, good. <laughs> I've never thought of using Because men love scale. numbers. Like their brains like work that way. <laughs> so sometimes it's like even like on the love love making scale too. It's like so like. Are you really at it? Like you got like a two for tonight, or you got like a ten? And so I always like to also add like, okay, a ten is like because I've been at a place with my partner where I'm like, well, I kind of feel like I want to hit you with the frying pan. So I guess that'd be a ten, like violence. Yes. Because uh, that's another thing, right? Like we have we have anger in us, yes. and and when we feel grossly misunderstood, it becomes violence. It's mm-hmm. just really mis feeling misunderstood and not mm-hmm. knowing how to communicate that we become violent. So, like, a 10 is violence, and, like, a 0 is, like, not even phased. Mm-hmm. And the truth is... And I about when, when your partner is, like, saying something or doing something. Yeah, and, like, they're processing event with you. So, if, you're, if I'm going to process event with you and I'm like, man, I'm, like, at a 5 right now, you know? And then you can, be, you can actually check in with yourself to see if you have space. Because That's the other piece is... That's so good. We don't always have tool. space, and it's okay to not have space. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? When we don't have space for our friends that are constantly needing to vent or dump, well, let's not even use the word dump anymore because that's what it, what we do at a trash site, mm-hmm. and nobody's a trash can, no. right? We are, we are all divine sovereign beings that we have complete potential to be oracles and downloads for one another if we can hold the space. Yes. So when we, ask, when we ask for someone to hold space, we're actually asking them to get into their divine oracle sense. Yes. Right? I really do feel that. Once you do that and you can check in because, see, this is the thing. If you don't have the space and you say yes, you're actually building your codependency. You don't want to build codependency. I have an issue with this. And I was just talking to my girlfriend. You're giving me the language. I need to understand it at a deeper level. Mm. And I'm so excited to edit this and get this out because (laughs) we are just both talking about how we have issues with codependency and they look different and they may not be as extreme. Right. Having that space and being able to check in and what that looks like and do you have space because if not, it's just going to turn into anger. Yeah, and I'd say also if like you're a codependent that finds yourself in spaces where like with friends who are in need and you feel like there oh, you I go have and so you can feel more. it and you want to fix it yes because mm-hmm. i have so much more and i and i have guilt for what i should be helping them look at there's 
and I and I have the time to help them in, in this space. So you just say but yes. emotionally I don't have this space. Right. Right. And yeah. then Yeah, so that really comes from codependency comes from not having a voice as a child. And kind of like just have like, you know, like being corralled around or there's so many things that can mm-hmm. contribute to codependency. Um not having choice making, an adult telling you too much information that you probably weren't really ready to hear because mm-hmm. the, the, the parent is showing exhibiting codependency with you. Mm-hmm. And so then you learn how to be the codependent in response because, mm-hmm. of course, you want to build a loving relationship with your mother like mm-hmm. and, and your, or your father, mm-hmm. right? If there's any kind of emotional drug or substance abuse, that can also build codependency mm-hmm. because as you watch the adult exhibiting codependency with their substance choice Mm -hmm. then you as the child are trying to be that for them and trying to satisfy them and so you kind of also build like a weird addictive nature to wanting to be a fixer trip out on this most Mm -hmm. women resonate with this because there are so many codependent women out there Mm -hmm. so there's then there's the I've noticed with the work so far that there's codependents who become like the damsel in distress Mm, yep. And then they continuously attract men who need fixing mm-hmm. or partners who need fixing if they're mm-hmm. queer. And then you also have the codependent who is codependent because truly can feel and sense what person's needs are. That's, I thought that's me. Yeah. And then because we have learned to write over our needs for others... Yep. We don't tune into the fact that it's actually a reflection of what wants to come through us. Mm-hmm. So as empaths, yes, we do that, right? And yes. then the empath who starts to become so tuned into their sensitivity tends to be an HSP or a highly sensitive person mm-hmm. where now they, they now have learned to really use their gifts of sensitivity mm-hmm. and now you're learning to honor your sensitivity with tools yes. so I would definitely say if like any of this is resonating look up HSPs and okay. highly sensitive people because it really has helped me because I noticed in so many of my career paths and so many of my romantic relationships mm-hmm. that was the thing like I just felt like I had to do it all there was so much to do and I would constantly write over myself which is why I ended up in adrenal fatigue yes. <laughs> for six years hypothyroid kidney stones, ulcers, cancer scare. I mean, the list really does go on. I also, you know, had a near-death experience and near paralysis from an accident. You know, so all of these things, (laughs) they're all results. If you have a really complicated health history or you have a complicated relationship history, which usually, if you have any kind of complicated emotional history, you're going to have a complicated physical health history Mm -hmm. as well. And I've noticed it's the dis-ease. Yeah, and and it comes from denying your spiritual gifts. And denying what is ultimately the truth. Your purpose Mm. on this planet. Wow. And so, you know, the work we do with movement and breath and sound is working through its parts work. So taking the different parts. Yeah, I'm a dancer. And I was really lucky. I think that that's why I was awakened so young is like I just was always this like earthy kid. You know, and my mom even said you were dancing in my belly long before you mm. even came out. I was named after my mom's dance teacher. Wow. So it was kind of just it's already like, there in the air. Yeah, it was like really dope. And I've always known I'm a dancer for life and lifetimes. Like I know that, you know, I, I truly, truly do believe that. From movement, I've created all the change and all of the activist work I've done 
is all been inspired from my body. In essence, if everything outside of us is a reflection of within us, then the way society works together is actually how our organs work together. Ooh, let that sink in. Yeah. Um, I love how traditional Chinese medicine, shout out to um, Fosho Energy Work, and talks about deficiency. Mm. And it's not that like something is sick, but it's, it's deficient in energy. Mm. And if something, if one organ is deficient, the other organs work together to bring it up. And so if we thought of society that way, it really kind of helps us with the whole Black Lives Matter, doesn't it? Yes. Like, would we ever say, if you, have, if you had, uh, you know, cancer in the kidney, will you say, well, all organs matter. Get, get it together, kidney. Yeah. All organs matter. Pull yourselves up by your bootstraps. <laughs> you know? That's like, great, come on. That's a great visual. Yeah. That every single person can relate to. Because right. Because every single person. Right. It's like the other organs are like, oh, shit. Like, what do we got to do to, like, okay. Like, other organs naturally in the sympathetic, like, we stop. When we go into fight, flight, or freeze, like, our body actually naturally stops producing certain chemicals mm-hmm. and secretions. Our organs actually stop because we are in the reptilian state of like we're we're checking out our surroundings. And that's what they call lizard brain. Yeah, lizard brain. Okay. Yeah, that's the reptilian part of the brain. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the back of the brain, right? Wow. And right under the reptilian part of the brain is actually what we call the the mouth of the goddess in in esoteric en- energy work. Mm-hmm. And the mouth of the goddess is the alta major in science. It is where the C1 is, where is the source of the vagus nerve. So in energy work, I've been working with a beautiful woman, Tiffany Barsotti from Heal and Thrive, and she has really done such amazing work. It's called Personal Selves Integration. And she had a 12-week course where we were literally in group therapy with powerful, intuitive women where we did parts work where we got to meet like our inner child, our masculine, our feminine, our higher self, our mental judge. And it was like all these parts of ourselves and then from guided meditations, she just brings it all together like science and therapy and healing and through this parts and selves work we are able to see that when we can integrate them all all because they're all parts of us that were created mm-hmm. in childhood and in our life but if we can integrate them then we can start to make our own decisions and work from our own personal power mm-hmm. and start to activate those gifts more clear and get really clear with what is bullshit and what is truth. Part two of this episode will be available for listening as soon as episode 12 releases. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stars at Dawn podcast. And thank you, Kirti, for shining your light with us. You continue to inspire growth and perseverance and mostly empower me to seek divine truth in all that I do. You can keep up with Kirti by following her on Instagram or work with her one-on-one by visiting her website. All this information and more can be found in the show notes below. Continue to share these episodes, and if you have not already, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. By writing a review, you help other women to connect and find empowerment Leaving your review is just one more way you can shine your light on the world around you. Love you, sis.